I'd like to welcome you guys to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Knight. Here we will discuss competition hunts, pleasure hunts, and anything else dealing with the hunting dog. It is our sole purpose to bring awareness to preserve the sport of hunting with dogs. Without further ado, let's collar our dogs and send them on through the country. Today's word comes from Matthew 11, 28 through 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew 11, 28, 29. Hey guys, we've teamed up with Light Boots. They have the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot ever made. They have a one-piece injection mold design which increases durability. Some people say they are like walking on a cloud. All I know is if it ain't light, it ain't right. Go check them out at lightboots, L-I-T-E-B-O-O-T-S dot com. And they gave us a discount code for 10% off, THDP10. Y'all go check them out. Guys, if you're in the market for a new pair of boots, head on over to coonhuntersupply.com. Check out the Razor Chaps. Razor has teamed up with Yoder Nylon to make some of the best chaps on the market. If you want durability with the chrome to go with it, look no further. Whether you need boots and chaps, pouches, or just apparel, Razor is your one-stop shop for it all. Head on over to coonhuntersupply.com or give them a call at 574 328 0856. Thanks. Hello. How are you, sir? Hey, buddy. How are you? Oh, man. We live in the dream, I reckon. That's what you want to call it down here. Well, that's, that's the best <laughs> way to be, ain't it? It is, man. I just wish it'd cool down. Lord, it's been, been over 100, I guess. I think this is the 18th straight day here. Well, you know, it was like that here. Real, real warm. But now it's actually cooled off just a little bit. Uh, it didn't. It was like 79 for a high today, but we had a stretch of 100 degree heat that lasted for a couple of weeks. And man, we ain't had no rain or nothing. I'm. I just, Lord have mercy, it's it's wearing me out. We was in a drought. Uh, boy, it was terrible. I mean, uh, things was dying. Hay was at, in a short supply. I mean, we was having a rough time, and then it did finally start to break loose, and we got several inches of rain here in the last couple of weeks. So. It's getting better. Uh, sure has made hunting rough. I'll say that. <laughs> I know what you mean, brother. I know what you mean. Oh, uh, it ain't. I ain't gonna take up too much of your time. We just go get in on here and talk dogs. I know we've been trying to get you done. You know, heck, I wanted to get you before you went on the other one, but it just, man, it was just everything coming together, and it's just been tough getting everything lined up. But uh, well, we sure appreciate you coming on and talking dogs with us what uh if you ain't if you ready we'll i i gonna knock this thing out i'm ready buddy sounds good to me all right well today on the hunting dog public we got mr john saunders tell us a little bit about yourself and where you from chris my name is john saunders uh i live in potosi missouri uh so i'm kind of i'm kind of in the mark twain national forest in the ozark mountains i'm 47 years old and i've been around coon hounds and dogs my whole life i don't 
think I can remember back far enough that, that we weren't hunting hounds or had something to do with hounds. Um, is that what you got started in was fooling with, you know, coon hounds or, cause I noticed on yeah. some of your, your Facebook, I see, you, you know, you duck hunt and pheasant hunt. I didn't know if you fool with bird dogs and, you know, with labs and stuff. So. Yes, we did. Um, I actually started off coon hunting. My father coon hunted and as a kid, everybody I knew coon hunted. Um, I mean, I, my whole world revolved around coon dogs and competition coon hunting. So everybody that I was around, they all had hounds. There was no no squirrel dogs then that I knew of. Everybody hunted hunted competition coon hounds. Uh, my father was a president of the local coon club, bench show judge, master of hounds. So I was around that stuff all the time. Um, so that's kind of how we, we started off. Um, and then later on, we, we got into the bird dogs um, through a course of events. Uh, we've always had terrible luck keeping dogs alive. Um, <laughs> just, just been plagued with bad luck. Uh, we've had a lot of good dogs run over, a lot of good dogs shot and killed. Just uh, always had a bad run of luck. So later on in life, we, we tried the bird dog thing. And uh, actually, I I had uh, I moved to a different job. I've always run heavy equipment, but uh, I got to be an instructor down in southeast Missouri. Uh, and when I did that, everybody down there duck hunted. So that's kind of how I, I got into the duck dog stuff. Um, I, I went with a guy there one day and we went and had a good time and we, we went and picked up all our ducks and I said, don't anybody have a dog? He said, oh no, we don't want to mess with the dog because nobody wants to spend the time training a dog. I said, well, that's what I didn't be interested in doing. So it didn't take very long and I had a dog and, and (laughs) we did that for a lot of years, but, uh, seems like my my interest was always in the tree dogs you know i always came back to the tree dogs that's right it seems like though like if you're like me any kind of hunting that i do is there's a dog involved whether it be you know we still deer hunt with dogs we obviously coon and squirrel hunt i'm a you know rabbit guy you know which i don't do a lot of rabbit hunting anymore but my father-in-law and stuff they they got rabbit beagles and stuff. So anything we do, I mean, pretty much revolves around a dog, you know? Yes, we're, we're the same way. Um, we even even did a little stretch where we had uh, working cattle dogs. We, we raised border collies for a few years. That's um, right. We, we tried that, and I really had a good time with that. And that kind of, that worked real well with transitioning from that to the to the bird dogs and the labs. Um, you know, because those border collies, you know, they took hand signals and did all those things. So it was a pretty easy transition. But it, when we were doing that, we were we were in between tree dogs. Like I say, we'd, and we'll kind of get into that later on, but we'd, we'd had a spell there where we had some real bad luck keeping dogs alive. And we were looking for something to do that would... Uh, that would suffice that that need to to be around a working dog and it and it did but it was not like a treat dog you know i mean it any time that it would start to cool off man my thoughts was back to a treat dog it didn't matter <laughs> what we had uh and i enjoy the bird dog i like anything like you said anything that you can do with a dog where where you can see that the, a high quality dog doing what he's supposed to do i don't care if he's running a rabbit uh, if he's if he's pointing quail, all those things are great. But I don't know that there's I've not found anything for myself 
that replaces that dog coming on that tree with a big locate and rolling it over and, and doing what he's supposed to do. For me, that's it. I, I've not found anything that I thought was better, you know. I understand, man. It is something about, you know, cutting a dog loose, you know, kicking it out from the tailgate, you know, tailgate to tree. It's just, I don't know. It's, if you've never done it, I've said it before, if you've never done it, you know, don't knock it until you try it because, I mean, it is it's something else, you know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and like I say, as a kid, I didn't know that anybody didn't do this. You know, everybody that I was around. <laughs> you I thought, thought it was normal. <laughs> yes, yes. If you, if you uh, went adult, somewhere if you went somewhere and they didn't have dogs, you was like, man, these guys are weird. Well, that's it. Yes. You know, everybody I knew coon hunted. Um, right. And, and it was a it was a great time to come around because things were so different then. Uh, you know, coon hunting, it it's still the same as it was. But everything has changed so much. I mean, the equipment, uh, you know, back then we hunted. My dad hunted, well, there several years. He hunted over 300 nights a year. I mean, he, they hunted hard, him and another couple of guys around here. So we hunted all through the winter, all through the summer. Um, always had dogs that, that he was hunting for people and outside dogs. So, I mean, we, we did it all the time. And I just thought that was normal. But. I can remember looking back, you know, nobody had anything but a 5100 style wheat light. Uh, that's what we had. You didn't have any of the clothes that you that you have now. You know, uh, <laughs> we'd, hunt, we'd hunt dogs on the creek in the summertime and you wore tennis shoes and blue jeans. There was no chaps, none of that stuff. Uh, now, I live in the, the part of Missouri that I live in, and I don't know if you remember it, but John Wick owned a store called Wick Outdoor Works. Right. And that was... That was the first place that I can remember that offered hunting clothes, you know, and I can, as a kid, man, if you went up there, that was a, that was a huge deal, but you'd go up there and, and he, he started offering frog legs. Well, nobody had those things back then. You know I mean? I can remember the first pair I saw, I was way too little to, to buy a pair. I was, I was a little feller, but, uh, I can remember my father having them, you know, and that was the first big thing. There was no tracking systems, nothing like it is now. Uh, just a whole different, whole different group of people, different group of dogs. Um, I'm sure not saying that the dogs was any better or worse than they are now, but they were a lot different back then. Cause you just didn't have the equipment. There was nothing to track these dogs with. I mean, if they was doing something, you had to run them down and catch them to get their attention. There, was, there was no shocking system. <laughs> Ooh, man, that was a. I remember when I first started coon hunting, not having, you know, tracking systems. Um, the junk I hunted. I mean, I thought it was coon dogs, but I mean, I went through them, boy. I thought, mm, but yeah, I remember now. You know, now I wouldn't dare turn a dog loose without one, man. Oh, no, no. You know, and I can remember the first the first shocking system that we had, there was my father and a couple other people that partnered in on it. I mean, nobody could afford that stuff back then. Uh, you know, and it had a great big collar. It was just a, a big, huge apparatus and had an antenna that you had to jerk out about eight foot long to shock those dogs. But it worked, uh, you know, and then... Then we got our first tracking system, and, man, we was moving up in the world then. Uh, it took us about three months to figure out how to use that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think I could use one of those. I mean, we had them 
on deer for deer dogs and stuff and I mean, I acted like I knew what I was doing, but usually them dogs was packed up, so I'd just go around there where they were, you know. Yes, yes. Well, you know, I can remember, you know, when it went from from the ATSs and the quick tracks and the wildlifes, we went from that to the tracker. Do you remember the little orange tracker that had the had the four green antennas? It was like a handheld. Yes, I do. I, I didn't have one of those, but I do remember seeing those. Yeah, I had one of them, and boy, I mean, I thought I was really moving up in the world. Uh, that was probably the lousiest tracking system ever in my life, but boy, if you had one, now you look like a dog man. Ain't no uh, doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> you thought uh, you was something in. Oh, yes. Well, you know, back then, there was no, you had an old wooden plywood dog box somebody built, um, kept your dog out on a chain. There was It was nothing like it is now. Uh, you know, and I mean, I, I, I'm really glad that I came around to see it from where it was to where it's at now. Um, it's it's just changed so much. Dogs have changed. The styles of dogs that we've got have changed tremendously. Um, you know, whether whether a guy likes it or doesn't like it, the styles of dogs have completely changed in the last, drastically in the last 15 to 20 years. Uh, it's just a lot different than, you know, like I say, we hunted competition coon hounds, so everybody had a competition dog. Um, you know, I was real lucky that I, I grew up with a dog that was, at that time, he was a grand night dog, um, real easy dog for me to handle. Uh, and there was no youth events, so anything that I did, I had to do with the adults. You know, they didn't, they didn't cut you no slack. Um, so as a kid, I mean, when we, when we hunted, the guys that I was around were good dog men. Uh, and they would they would make these mock scorecards up, and we hunted like that, you know. And everything then was a three-hour cast, so you'd go you'd go in for three hours, you know. You kept track of that, and they showed me how to keep track and how to how to try to play that game. So I I think I won my first cast. I think I was probably ten or eleven years old, uh, but I had dog enough to do it. I'll say that. I mean, uh, you remember what dog that was? Yes, yes, that was a dog uh, we called Gatlin Gun. Yep, yep. Was it a walker was a dog? dog or? Oh, yes, yes, he was a walker dog. You remember yep. what he went back to? Yeah, Gun was a Gans finisher, crowd and billy bread dog. Um, now, that dog was born in 1980, so you're talking so many years back. Um, but actually, he's his papers are still, uh, I've got them uh, framed here at the house. I'll be dog. I mean, he, he was a good one, um, and he came along at a time where I got to grow up hunting that dog, you know, and back then, everything was so different because <laughs> those dogs paid for Christmas with the coon hides. You know, the, the hide buyer come by and, and buy your hides, and man, if you sold six, $700, sometimes $1,000 worth of hides a couple times a year, that was money. Uh, you know, everybody I knew did construction work, so they would they would coon hunt, you know. They were all laid off in the winter time, uh, right. and I'm telling you now, when they treat a coon in a den tree, they cut it out. They did whatever they had to do to get it out, uh, because you were leaving twenty five thirty dollars in there, and that was huge back then. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, mm. you know, I can remember one time as a kid we lost that dog, and when we lost him, I mean, our whole world shut down. Now we went to looking for that dog, and we looked for him for like six days and six nights before we found him. 
you know, and I can remember, well, when we did, it was a, it was a good thing, you know, <laughs> uh, we was all worried. <laughs> Man, uh, that's, that's tough. I mean, that just goes back to show you, you know, about these tracking systems, how much we rely on them now, but I mean. I mean, if you, if you didn't have one, the day that, you know, these squirrel dogs, they, they hunt a lot like it, you know, a oh, lot yes, like that, you know. Absolutely. You know, the difference back then was, and I can remember that dog coming in a lot of times, if you couldn't catch up with him, he was a real wide hunting dog. And where I live at in Missouri here, I'm not in the agri- agricultural portion. I mean, it's just hardwood timber for miles here. It's all public ground very little private ground it's just big timber and we've never had a lot of coons by any means uh, so it would always take a dog that would get in there deep and get struck well if that dog got out of hearing on you if you couldn't find him dad would leave a coat there and he'd be there on that coat the next morning um you know and i mean everybody that i knew dogs did like that that's right uh, i mean i remember my granddaddy that, doing the same thing yes um you know, and I can remember uh, we lost that dog one time. We The dog treed across a, a, a river, and we walked to the edge of the bluff, and we could see him. You know, and, and I was a little enough kid that we dad didn't cross that with me. We just left him. You know, and we come back the next day, and he'd tree till daylight, and he'd, he'd go to looking, you know, and he'd come back where he turned him out and be laying there. Yeah, yeah. That's a different – it was just such a different time. But nobody thought nothing about that stuff. Right. You know. Everybody had dogs that, that hunted like that. They all hunted real deep, uh, or they seemed to as a kid, you know. Um, I don't know that they they did quite like they do now. It didn't seem like everybody's dogs did that. You know, now, like you said, even our school dogs, man, this dog I got now, he hunts just as hard as any hound I've ever owned in my life. There ain't no doubt about um, it. Yes, yes. Like it or not, that's, that's the way they are, you know. I, I shouldn't say they all are. Some of them are, you know. Well, it depends on what a guy chooses. To that's that's what I that's where I was going. I mean, I mean that's the kind of dog you like. That's the ch- dog you you know the style dog you choose to hunt. You know. Yes, yes, and that and that goes back to the the luck we've had with them. Um, you know, when you cut those dogs loose, and that's another thing that's changed so much. You know, when I was a kid, if your dog treat on somebody. 90% of the time, you knew who it was. You'd go up there and knock on their door, and they'd say, go ahead and get your dog. You know, a lot of times, they'd stand there and listen to the dog. Now, it's not like that. You know, you, you get on somebody. We really try to cut these dogs off if we see they're getting on somebody to avoid any issues. Because, you know, from talking to all these people across the country, there's just a lot of times these dogs get where they're not supposed to be, and they, they get shot, get killed, get run over. Um there's a whole list of things that happen to them, but it's kind of a double-edged sword. That's what you get with those dogs. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know that I would want one that handled any different in my part of the country. You know, now they're not made for for a spot where it's uh, real heavily populated, but where we're at, the dog can still get pretty deep and, and not get in a lot of trouble most of the time, you know. Right. We got, you know, we hunt big big you know spots i mean i think there's a hundred and fifty something thousand acres right here at my house that's uh you know game state land that we can hunt um mm-hmm. for the most that's part kind of you know you, yeah you can cut a dog and i mean 
you may have to walk you know some places you go probably have to walk to him but a lot of times you can walk back out to the truck and get in and go around to another you know dirt road or gated road that you can walk in on you know so yes yeah yeah here where we're at um it's the it's it's all the national forest so there's a lot of what they call fire trails um you know they they use them to to get around and take timber in and out timber's a big big industry here so there's there's a lot of clear cuts clear cut roads things like that so you can usually get you can most normally always get within a mile of it you know um you know, and I mean, you naturally you want to try to get as close as you can, but you can always kind of get within a mile of him tree somewhere on some on one of these national forest roads. Um, That's right. And and some of them, a lot of people hunt on side by sides now. Um, you know, you got a little pickup, you can get in there pretty deep and get pretty close to him. Right. What uh? Yeah. So, are you 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 uh? I lost my train of thought. Hold on. Uh, you was so you you started out coon hunting and yes, and then yep. you you know you you dabbled like I said you dabbled in all kinds of dogs and stuff like like most people do. But when did you get your like your your first squirrel dog? I guess. Well, I guess like I say, I had that that hound that that dog I called Gun. Um, when Gun got to get, got to be an old dog, we went to looking for. And my father always kept a dog, kind of like I do now, always kept a, a good dog and then kept something that he was hunting to sell. Um, you know, and if we got one that was what we thought we could win with, we kind of held on to him. Well, and shortly after that, I was getting probably 15 or 16. I can remember I was driving at the time because I, I had a dog that, uh, that was an English dog that I, I I had went to hunting him, and he was, he's like 22 months old and was, I think he had, Four wins towards grand, four night champion wins. He lacked one to be a grand night dog, and I got him killed on the highway at like 22, 23 months old. Man. So that there again, um, you know, and and another thing about that time was, you know, those dogs we hunted those dogs and we showed those dogs, uh, and I still kind of like a dog. I like a dog stand up and look like he's supposed to because coming from that generation, if you had a stud dog. You wanted a dual grand dog. Uh, he was a grand night champion and a grand show champion. So I grew up around that. You know, uh, you wanted a you wanted a dog that was easy on the eyes, that hustle in there and get hooked somewhere and do what he's supposed to do. Um, and the dog that I had, I had I was winning a lot of things with him. Uh, had won a, a tremendous amount of cash. But like I say, we were we have always hunted those kind of hard going dogs, and it just so happened that that one that one got killed crossing the highway. Um, so that, like I say, that was, I was probably 16 years old at that time. And, uh, a buddy of mine had, a, I everybody kind of had a little squirrel dog here and there, but they weren't mountain curves or registered dogs. You know, they were, they called them feist. Most of them were rat terriers or something like that. But I had a buddy that had one, uh, we were working at a grocery store. Uh, and I went with him one time and he had a little dog and we killed four or five squirrels to him. And, I, I told him, I said, boy, I'd like to have one like that. Well, it ended up that uh, he talked to his dad or something, and I give him $100 for that dog. And that's the only dog that I ever bought that was that was started. You know, uh, he was probably a year old, year and a half old. Uh, most time we raise, we raise about everything that we've ever got. Uh, but that was one of the few that, that I bought like that. So I hunted him for probably a season or two. Uh, and like I say, there was always people in and out of here that were competition hunting. 
uh, and there was a guy down down from another state that had come through to breed a female, uh, and he was looking for a squirrel dog. And when he when he found out that I had one, he came through, and I can remember the guy offered me five hundred dollars for the dog, and I thought I was rich. You know, I mean, <laughs> this was this was probably in ninety one or ninety two. You know, so I mean, that was a that was a huge amount of money. You know, uh, top you know, I mean, pay. Uh, Oh, that was top. That was top money, you know. And and everybody I knew, like, say they was construction workers. So, I mean, we always did it. The only there was just very few dogs that we kept around all the time. Like, say the old gun dog was one that kept we kept till he died. But everything else was always for sale. You know, I just grew up that way. And when that man offered me five hundred dollars, I thought, wow. This is a this is a heck of a deal. So, <laughs> so I sold my little dog, um, and I was kind of without a squirrel dog for a little bit. Well, that was when, when Full Cry was, was really man. That was in its heyday. You know, I don't know if you got it back then, but man, I'd get that thing. Or it, Bloodlines was the same. I'd read them things from cover to cover, and they had these these mountain curs in there. Well. My father was a diehard hound man. I mean, he just he just didn't think that there was any room for these cur dogs. So we messed with them here and there. And uh, like I say, I got in that full cry, and John Groves, which John Groves lived in Illinois, he was the guy that had Strick Jr. and Georgetta when it first started. Um, right. Before Danny or before Danny Wilkerson or any of them guys ended up with them, they all started at John Groves. That's where they came from. Well, he was close enough to me that at 16 years old, I could make it over there and get a dog. You know, so I went over there and I bought a couple dogs from him. Um, and the one didn't make it, but the one did. Uh, and I ended up, you know, through those things, I got to kind of meeting a few people. Um, and that was when Strick Jr. and Georgetta were just starting to be the the hot cross. Uh, you know, I mean, anything that you saw was was a Strick Jr. Georgetta bred dog. Um, so that kind of was when I when I come around and, and got involved in it. Um, and I, I knew a guy in Poplar Bluff, Jerry Vincent, that uh, Jerry had uh, a dog out of that cross. So he in in my part of Missouri, that's where you went to get a mountain cur. Right. So I went and I bought I bought one from there and uh, I think I made her a squirrel champion and yet again somebody came through and and offered me some money for her. Um, <laughs> and I <laughs> and I I couldn't keep from from selling her so I sold her you know and and I was always looking for something a little better you know uh, you know and and those dogs then it was just there wasn't the consistency that there is to these dogs now. Um, when they hit, they hit, and you had a nice dog. Uh, but they were just so much different than the dogs are today, especially on the competition side of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, those dogs were just different. Now, they treat a lot of squirrels, but they they didn't treat like they do now. They just were a different type of dog. Um, and I was always looking for one. Coming from that hound side, I wanted one that was a little more houndy, you know. Uh, and I ended up that... I bought a, I, I went to Indiana and I bought a, a young dog from Kenny Smith, um, and she was out of Thunder, uh, which Thunder was a, was a strict junior Georgetta son. She was out of Thunder and she was a blue colored dog, and boy, that was the hot thing at the time. Um, 
you know, those dogs, everybody was looking for the, the blue brindle colored cur dog. That's right. So I hauled her home and, and I went to hunting her and, and back then there was, there was NKC and UKC was just starting. There was no NSD or, or USDC or anything like that. You had NKC hunts and then you had the OMCBA hunts. And, uh, I had that dog, and actually I called her Saunders Ozark Pepper, um, and we made it through. I think I had her two seasons, so she was probably getting three and a half, four years old. Well, that's when uh, when Chuck Gaetto and, and Jukebox were coming on the scene, um, and, and that dog, I mean, every place you looked, it was, it was Jukebox, uh, and they contacted me about purchasing my Pepper female, uh, and like I say, I mean, I, I'd been doing some winning with her. Uh, and she would go and she'd get through the country and get treat. And they, they called me two or three times and finally they made an offer high enough. I thought, well, I'm going to sell her. Um, and when I sold her, I sold her with the agreement that I would get pick of the litter when they crossed her and jukebox. Well, several months later, they made that cross and I drove to Indiana and I, I picked up a female that I later called Saunders Ozark Hope that completely changed everything for me uh, really what was it what yeah how'd she do when hope when i got hope hope started quick um and hope was probably i don't know how many states that i won cast in with hope um and and there was there was some cast that we lost but it was very few and far between uh you could load her up and haul her to tennessee she'd give you 110 percent um she didn't have Back then, especially, so many of these cur dogs had, they just had quirks and, and, and just funny little things that they did or didn't do. You know, a lot of them had a rough time hauling. Um, you know, you'd put them in a cast with different dogs or different people, and they just didn't perform like they would at the house. Um, and she didn't do any of that. Uh, that dog would, she'd give you 110%, whether it was, you know, below freezing outside or it was 100 degrees. She didn't care, uh, and she had the ability to to treat coons. Like I say, we're we're in a rough part of the country for coons. She would get in there and hit a track and get that track up and and push it and have a coon on the outside and do it all year long. Um, she didn't treat just a few easy coons. She could treat a coon anytime you cut her loose, and and was a super good squirrel dog. Um, we went to, I think we won three or four different state titles with her. Uh, she was, a a dual grand show champion in UKC and NKC. I mean, I had a ball with the dog. Um, uh, she came along at a time where, where I was really, really hunting hard and campaigning her hard. Um, and, and, and she could do it. She could take the traveling. Um, you know, I can remember going to Elnora and we always won our cast. Uh, but we just never quite got the look. You know, we never we never quite got to where we, we drew a spot where we could come in with a high score. And back then, there was no elimination. You know, you, you had to win your cast and, and have the highest score. They didn't have any elimination-style hunts. So we just never had the luck, you know. Uh, but the little dog would put you in the – she put you in the winner's circle every time you, you dropped her somewhere. Uh, like I say, just had – for me, that really changed what I thought about a cur dog, uh, because she didn't have she didn't have a lot of the standard things that a cur dog had back then. Um, she didn't care what you dropped her with; you could drop her with the 
with a cast called the Walker Dog, and she was going to get her part. And if they bobbled, she'd get it all. Mm. Uh, really, really a nice, nice dog to be around. Uh, and I actually kept her. She's she's the second one that's ever lived here till she till she passed away. I be uh, dog. So <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. you you didn't you ain't like the you ain't loved a whole bunch of them, have you? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I I tell you what, I can look back. You know and. And I've been real lucky to have a, a lot of dogs that that were pretty good dogs through the years, but there's just been very few that that got to stay here till they passed. Uh, and she was one of them. But you know, for me, a dog's got to give give you everything he's got when you cut him loose, um, no matter what. And that dog, if you turned her loose and it was a driving rain, you better want to go pick her up off the tree somewhere. She was just that kind of dog. Um, had a head full of sense, you know, back then, like I say, we would travel and go. I can remember when we went to the OMCBA hunt uh, in Jamestown, Tennessee, that's nine hours. I didn't have, I didn't have any money to afford a room. Me and that dog would go and stay in that truck, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, that, we did that. She'd get up the next morning and we'd go, we'd go do whatever we had to do to win a cast. And I had a ball with it, you know. Uh, I don't know that I, <laughs> I could do that now at the age I am, but Boy, at at twenty something years old, it sure didn't bother me a lick. We would, we would do whatever we needed to do to make it to those hunts, uh, you know. And it, like I say, she, she really changed what I what I saw that a cur dog was capable of, um, you know. And and the dog, I I bred the dog uh, a couple times through her life, and Hope produced some decent dogs, but not a a huge amount. She was just not a super reproducer. Did, um, what did you did you breed her to anything, you know, known like big name? Yes, dog? absolutely. Um, we bred her to Hardwood Lake Jake. Um, yep. Jarrett, Jarrett Corley and I have been good friends for years uh, since we were in our in our teens. Uh, and Jarrett, when Jarrett bought Jake, we bred her to Jake. And there would always be a dog or two that would hit. Um, there's some guys in Indiana that are still hunting some grand pups out of her. Uh, I crossed her back on a dog that was a Thunderbred dog, uh, so they were double Thunderbred pups, and, and that litter made. Um, and I don't want to paint a picture like that none of them would make, but they just didn't make like she did. She gave, she was above and beyond a lot of dogs for her time. Um, the ones out of Jake, um, I think the one I, I had, I raised it and sold it. Uh, just I didn't keep none of them. They didn't have what I thought put them over the top. Um, we bred her to, to those two dogs. I actually bred her to Flat Rock Thrasher, which was a Walker dog. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit later. That's kind of how I ended up where I'm at now, but I bred her to the same dog that I'd bred another female to. And and we had a good one out of there, but it would be, you know, one or two here and there. She just never did quite produce like herself. Um, just wasn't a, wasn't a super, super reproducer. Really nice dog. Probably will go down as one of the better dogs that I've ever unsnapped. Um, you know, to this time, she still is one of the best ones. Um, just wasn't a reproducer like that. Something that you was looking for, you know. Yes, yes. The dogs would always, you know, we've sold a lot of dogs across the country. And, and when you say that, there's going to be somebody say, well, man, I had a dog out of her that I thought was the best dog in the country. And, and there was some nice dogs. And I don't want to discredit anybody's dogs, but they, because I mean, they originally came from me, but they weren't, it wasn't what I was looking for to base a breeding program around, you know, um, 
Now, had she been able to reproduce herself? Absolutely, because she was uh, she was ahead of her time, especially then. Uh, those dogs back then, the coon dogs and the squirrel dogs, when you drew out in a cast, those dogs, a lot of them treat together. Um, you know, it was more of a calling contest. Hope wasn't like that. Hope wanted to be off by herself. She had independence before a lot of dogs were independent, you know. Uh, I mean, she would always be treated away from the cast. Um, I can remember I, I, I drew a guy two or three different times, and he said, does that dog ever treat with anybody else's dog? You know, we've, we've walked just miles and miles. Well, she did. You know, I mean, she was, she was just that kind of dog. She wanted to get split, but a lot of them weren't like that back then. Um, but she did. Uh, was like I say was a really really nice female. I, I I enjoyed her probably more than any dog, most any of them I've ever had in my kennel. That's for sure. Well, at the end of the day, that's what you you know that's what it's your breeding program. You know. Yes. Well, you know, I, and I I think that so much stuff has changed breeding. You know, everything has changed now. We're we're putting more hound in these dogs. Uh, you know, and, and I think I I realized a long time ago, that this perfect dog, it doesn't exist, or I don't think it does. Maybe somebody thinks they've got one that's perfect. If I get one that's got, that's cons- I'm looking for consistency, something that, that does the same thing every time that you turn it out, you know, that you can bank on it doing the same thing. Uh, perfection's hard to get. I, I don't know that I can get that consistency. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for, you know. Uh, and that's kind of where we went. You know, at that time, the OMCBA was where it was at. Man, I mean, it, there was no tree and curves. Nobody, nobody wanted even a tree and curve. That well, was at the that devil. Time, oh, my gosh. You couldn't give away. Nobody wanted them. If you had one, people talked about it, you know. Uh, well, at, shortly after, as Hope started to get a little age on her, um, I was looking for for another dog to hunt. I've always kept female dogs. I hardly ever keep a male dog. I got this Boone dog now, but he's one of the male dogs that I ever kept. But uh, I ended up that that, that at that time the uh, Mountain Jackson dog was was a big hotshot dog across the country. He had a son that they called Big Time, and they bred Big Time to a bitch that Carl Smith had, this Stormy bitch. Uh, and, and I got a pup out of that second litter. The first litter was, those dogs seemed to be pretty good tree dogs. They hunted hard. And I ended up buying one at like 12 or 14 weeks old. Um, that dog was a dog I called Saunders Ozark Dixie. And I won, won a lot of things with Dixie. But when I bought Dixie, she was, like I say, three, three and a half months old. It wasn't long. And, and the timing was just right. Squirrel season started. And that dog was five and a half, six months old. And when the dog treed, the dog was a super hard treat dog. Um, she was, like I say, she was kind of ahead of her time as far as the dogs and how the dog treed in her style. Just a slobber mouth, probably a 90 bark a minute tree dog, uh, which back then was almost unheard of in these cur dogs. Uh, so I, I, ended, I had her uh, and we hunted all over and we won a lot of cash with her. She was never, in my opinion, she was not as good as the Hope Dog was. Um, very nice dog, but but head to head, she was not as good as the Hope Dog was day and night. But her claim to fame was whatever you bred her to, it was phenomenal. Um, really? We, yes. Um, 
the dog, we bred her to Sniper um, back when Chad Harston had Sniper, and that's going back several, several years ago. Uh, we bred her to Sniper, uh, had a nice litter of pups. Uh, the one I kept, kind of like the other one we talked about, got it going good, sold him. Uh, and then we, at that time, there was a dog in my country called Flat Rock Thrasher, and Thrasher was a walker dog. Um, and like I say, my father was a died in a wool walker dog man, and I guess kind of, I guess so am I, you know. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. But uh, Thrasher was was the first dog to kind of do what he did back in the late 90s. He won the uh, Super Stakes two years in a row and won the Futurity, PKC Futurity. First dog to win 60000 before he was three years old. Well, now that's been far surpassed as far as money and monetary things. But back then, that was huge. Uh, that was huge, huge money. And Thrasher was one of these dogs that was that was in the transition when a lot of hounds still packed up. Thrasher was a dog that was an independent dog that would get in there and get hooked somewhere deep and alone. He was a deep, lonely type dog. Um, he was ahead of we, his time. He was ahead of his time, yes. He was ahead of his time. Um, and we actually, a friend of mine ended up, or I should say a friend of my father's, uh, he and my father had hunted together for years and years, and he ended up buying Thrasher after he had a little age on him. And we got the opportunity to breed the Dixie female to Thrasher. Uh, and like I say, Thrasher was way ahead of his time, and so was Dixie as far as the mountain curb breed was, was concerned. That was bar none the easiest starting most influential litter of pups that i believe i've ever seen in my life uh those pups started training super early they were they were crazy gamey type dogs um just a whole they they took everything i had to a whole new level and actually we're still we're still breeding dogs out of them now right they Uh, were, were they they were wild huh they were wild. Wild is kind of a understatement. Yeah, that, you know, I've always said, you know, the, in you know, puppies. When you pick a puppy and stuff, you know, I'm not the best at picking puppies, but I do like one that's just crazy. I don't know something. It's he's gonna be doing something. Yes, yes. Well, these were they were hard to handle, and a lot of these dogs are still hard to handle. They're not for everybody. Um, now, a lot of people now, especially people on the competition end, that's what they're looking for. But these dogs as puppies, they were just terrible junkie. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? When they when they jumped a deer, you know, you hear a lot of guys say, oh, he runs one like a cur dog. He'll run him 100 yards and they'll turn back. These would change zip codes with one. I mean, they were leaving, <laughs> going out of the country. Uh, you would leave them. You know, we would just go off and leave them and go hunt something else and come back and pick them up. But when they treed, they stayed treed. They they just had another set of running gears, you know, something that was just completely different. Um, and at that time, like I say, there was no there was nobody wanted to tree and cur. Um, but that particular litter, um, we sold a few of those. And actually, Heath Jeter in Georgia, Heath had one. Um, he PKC hunted that dog and won several thousand. Uh, with her hunting against hounds back years and years ago. Uh, you know, and she went on to, that particular dog went on, they bred her to Jam and Bo, uh, 
Um, and they had a dog. They had several nice dogs out of that litter, but they had a dog that they called Souped Up Cecil. Cecil just had passed he away. He just passed away. Days. Yeah, I just, yes. I, I've heard about yeah. him. You know, I never got to hunt with him, but I always liked him. Uh, yes. And he just, like yep. you said, he just passed away. I guess it was the last couple of days. A couple days ago. Yes. And actually, we've got a litter out of my Boone dog and a Cecil daughter. Um, I'll that's be what dying. my. Yes, so that's that's kind of how that happened. Several years later, um, we had bred those dogs. Uh, we bred those dogs, and we got those two. Um, we kept two. We kept a male and a female. And at that same time, that's when Doyle Sherman and Bo were coming on the scene. Um, and so he was he was a trained colonel also. And Doyle and I have been friends since, like I say, we were in our late teens. Uh, we we hunt. He comes up here and hunts with me a couple times a year, but. Uh, he had the same kind of dogs, uh, you know, and I mean, nobody else was crossing those dogs like that then. Uh, they weren't worth as much money. I mean, if you had a if you had a top trend cur, he was worth a quarter of what he was if he was an OMCA dog. Well, of course, things have changed now, and it's kind of evened up. But but back then, there was just nobody wanted them. They didn't have the, they just didn't have the following that they do now. Um, That's but right. I was doing it. I was doing it, and so was Doyle Sherman, you know, and those dogs went to winning. Um, and we actually took, like I say, that particular litter. Um, there was five of them that I know of that that were that were high-end dogs that won a lot of cast. Um, ours both, at like 17, 18 months old, both those dogs got killed. They got shot and killed off the same tree. So at that, the same time? At the same time. Wow. Yep, at the same time. Yep. Yep. They were treated at night. Um, they were treated at night. And actually, we had had a bad ice storm came through our part of the country. And the dogs got treated way in there deep. Um, and actually, I wasn't even, I wasn't there. My father was hunting them that particular night. But they, there was a, a big ice storm and a tree had fell. So he had to take a, a saw and cut this tree out. Well, he knew the dogs were treated. He could hear them treat deep through there. Um it got everything done and got moved on in, in towards the country where they were at, and they were treated uh, in a, way across in a, in a pasture. And actually, the guy that uh, that owned that place walked in there and killed them both off the same tree. Um, Did y'all know that guy? There. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad, bad deal. <laughs> oh, I understand, man. I don't even know uh, how I would act. Man. It's You know, I'll tell you this. Everybody tells you about all the things that they're going to do. When you're faced with that situation, and you know, as bad as it sounds, that that wasn't our last time to do that. We had another dog shot and killed after those dogs. You know, um, that's why I say I don't we, even know how I would act. You know, I don't even know. I tell you, it's it's very very hard to keep your composure. Um, you know, and and like I say, everybody says, "Well, I do this and I do that," until you're faced with that, and you have to try to figure out how to move forward with it. Um, because back then there was no, there weren't any groups or anything like that to assist you like there are now, you know, um, I know there's, there's been guys that have did podcasts on how to go about that. We didn't know those things, you know? Um, I mean, you got the law involved and you did what you needed to do and that was that, but, um, we got both those dogs killed off the same tree, but as luck would have it, and I don't know how it had worked because usually our luck's not like that, but we had gotten to breed. Um, a, a good friend of mine, Bud Stretch, uh, and Bud owned Jordan Creek Tide. Bud's owned a, a whole string of 
nice cur dogs along with some world champion walker dogs through the years. Great dog guy. Um, Bud Stretch uh, knew a guy that had a bow sister, a litter mix sister to bow. Um, and that guy was looking to breed that dog. And he said, hey, you ought to call John in, in Missouri. He's kind of got the same thing. Uh, he's got a trained cur crossed on this nice walker dog. You should try this and see. We got that dog bred. Uh, we bred that dog, and actually the the dog was shot and killed off the tree before those puppies were born. So wow, it, it just, we we lucked out. Um, we lucked out, and there was there was a male dog in that litter. We went and got a male dog. Um, he went on to as a dog we called Reload. Um, Reload was a very very nice dog, coon dog. Uh, he had absolutely no interest in a squirrel, which worked out fine. My father coon hunted him, and he was a way, way above average coon dog. Um, but there was him, and there was another dog in that litter. Uh, the dog's name was Lundell's Max. And actually, Max was the sire of the McAndrews Lily dog, which that dog uh, ended up having. She's the grandmother to, to Skeeter and Demon. Um, those, that's where those dogs came from out right. of that particular cross. Um, so it was, it was bow and it was a, it was a bow cross onto the dogs that we had that were, that were Dixie and Thrasher bred. Um, so that it worked out, you know, I mean, as luck would have it, we, we got to make that cross before, before we got that dog killed. Um, and then, uh, we went on at, at that particular time that kind of really shut us down. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we just kind of held up, but that was a really bad incident there with dogs getting killed. You know, it takes the wind out of your sails when you lose two young dogs that you're banking on having this breeding program out of, uh, mm. you know, and, and we did keep the reload dog. Like I say, we had him, but it really slowed us down. I mean, you know, we had a couple incidents there. Um, the last one that we had killed that actually ended up, uh, there was some shooting back and forth. The dog got killed. It was a bad, bad situation. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> a truck was shot. It was, it was a bad deal. Man, uh, that's, so, so, I mean, so I get that. that. I do though. See, and and you know, yes. I just man, I just hate to. Mm, I don't ever want to deal it's, with that. Oh, it's it's a terrible thing. I don't wish it on anybody. Uh, but at that point. My father was just about to retire, and he said, "Hey, how about we try something different? Let's let's <laughs> back off of these three dogs <laughs> before we get uh, before we get ourselves in some bad trouble." Uh, so we did, and and we tried a bird dog, and, and like I say, we messed with the bird dogs and the duck dogs through this time, and, and it worked. It filled a it filled a void for a little bit, but it was never what the hounds were. Uh, right. In in my job at that time, um, you know, I was I was driving about two hours one way to work. I didn't have a lot of time to devote to a dog, and that was one of the only times that I didn't have a tree dog through my through my life. So about an eight or ten year stretch, I didn't have a I didn't have a hound at all. Well, as luck would have it, you know, sometimes luck works out and and, and things change. I got a I got a different job still doing the same thing, but I got a different job which allowed me to be home. Um, and it wasn't very long into that I told my wife I said I would I think I'm going to get a tree dog and she was like Oh my gosh let's not go through this again <laughs> let's not go through this again but uh, we 
we actually got to looking and I contacted Doyle. Like I say, I've known Doyle my whole life. Uh, it's, it's in my adult years, I should say. Uh, I contacted Doyle and he said, I, I don't have anything at the time, you know. Um, here's a few dogs that have been bred. As luck would have it, uh, through Facebook, I saw a video. Somebody had some 12-week-old puppies that were training on a tube, and one of them was the Boone Dog. A uh, guy in Mississippi had him. and uh, who, I who had him? Eddie Rainey. Yeah, I know Eddie. I yep. sure do. He's yep. uh, North yep. Mississippi. He's... He's yep. he's north of uh, he's north of me a couple hours, but yeah, I know him. Yes, yeah, he had the he had that litter, uh, and I called him and uh, asked him if the male dog was still available, and he said yeah. And I told him I said well, I'll be down there at eight in the morning, so I jumped in the car and we we drove all night and we picked him up, and that kind of started that kind of started us back to where we are now. Uh, I brought him home, and the dog started training on his own real quick. Um, and I guess the first year, I hunt him completely. I, I hunt most all my dogs by themselves. Uh, I don't hardly ever put anything with another dog, especially once it begins to tree. Uh, and at that time, I didn't have anything but him. Uh, his first season, I think I killed a little over 100 squirrels to him before he was 12 months old. Jeez. Um, now tell me again, who is what's Boone out of? Boone is... Boone is out of a female that's out of the Bow Roxy cross. So there's there's a ton of dogs that were that were good dogs out of the out of that Bow Roxy uh, yeah, cross. Yeah, I had a I had two of those. I've had two of those. Yes. Two different litters. What they what they did was Eddie had a female out of that cross and then he had a dog that was a tree knocking Mike grandson. Those two dogs, he bred those two dogs, and that's what Boone is out of. So he's bow on the bottom side, tree knocking Mike on the top side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I bought him, and like I say, we went to hunting, and uh, I bought him with with all intents to to get him going and sell him because I'm not a male dog guy. I just have never – your options are so much slimmer with that male dog. You know, if you've got a female, you can take her and breed her to the best dog in the nation when she comes in. You've got some choices with these male dogs. You're all up to up to the chance of who brings what females to you, you mm. know, unless they're unless they're your own females. And I just don't care for a male dog. I think you have a lot less issues with a female. I just think when it's all said and done, and you look at the percentages, the for me, the female dog is the is the better dog for me to pack and try to hunt and promote. Um, just don't give you the issues. Now that's not to say all male dogs do, but but that I bought him with the intents to resell the dog, and it just ended up that I liked him a little bit, and uh, he's he still stayed here. He's not quite three yet; he'll be three the end of this month. Um, so he's he's kind of got him a spot here for a little bit till somebody wants him worse <laughs> than I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, he he started quick. Boone was the same thing, just like those other bow bred dogs, was super junky. Um, but the dog would always tree, uh, you know, and he didn't have any issues with that. I, I want one that starts early. You know, I, I hear a lot of guys say, oh, I don't, I don't particularly care for one that starts early. I don't know. I, I guess there are dogs that finish that start later. Um, but for me, they're not going to do that. You know, I want one that starts, that starts quick that I can, that I can start to do something with. Now I watch them and see how much pressure I can put on them. Some are more than others. 
um, you know, they're like, a, uh, I got two daughters and, and they're completely different, you know, um, what one does and excels at, the other one does something different and excels at, but then these dogs are kind of the same way. I think a lot of times, because you hear so many people say, you know, these, these young dogs, they fizzle out. I don't, myself, I don't think that. I think that you have to be careful the situations you put them in, you know, um, you can't take a kid that's that's just uh, starting to play little league and put him in with high school kids. It's not the same. He can't take that pressure, and I think these dogs are that same way. You got to set them up for success. Um, that's right. That's yeah. how it is. Right, like right now, it's all I can do to not go grab a a young dog and cut him in the in this hundred and you know two degree weather. Because I mean. You know what this does is you know they you know if they shoot in there and get in there deep and it takes you a minute to get to them well then they're you know they're hot and you know yes. they start jacking the tree or chewing yep. or something like that and i just don't want to start that habit you know yes yes yeah you've got to set them up for success um and and you do you hear so many people say uh these early starters they just they they don't make and and then for me like I said, I don't know. I don't know about the other ones because I don't keep them around long enough, and that's not what I'm trying to breed. Um, everybody likes a quick starting dog. Now that pup that's, that's starting a tree at four months old does that mean he's going to be a world beater? Absolutely not. But what it does mean is it keeps you amped up to take him and do something with him. Right. You want know, to you want to take that little feller and try to do something with him. He's showing you something. Um, and like I say, I don't. I'm not foolish enough to think that just because he starts barking up at a young age that he finishes out to make a top dog. But he will have your interest, and you'll put some time in on. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm always looking to breed one, and I'm not a big breeder. I probably haven't had ten litters of puppies in my whole life. Uh, I've, I've bred Boone more here in the last couple of years than any dog I've had. But I want to I, I want to try to breed something that fits that fits the kind of dog i'm looking for that i guess would ultimately be a competition style dog you know a dog that fires in there under any conditions and gets treat um you know and a lot of people don't like that chris you know i mean there's a lot of people that that like more of what what you would call a pleasure dog i don't for me i don't have i, I don't have that it's pleasurable for me to cut that dog and him go in there under any conditions and get treated. That's what's pleasurable for me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, now I like to kill squirrels. Um, you know, I'm a little different than a lot of people. I like to stack them squirrels up. I, I like to kill them to them dogs, but I want that dog to do it under any conditions. Um, I don't care how deep it goes. The boon dog is the type of dog that it, if we make it to a tree and we want to go to the truck, we better pick him up. Uh, don't cut him again. Uh, they're not going to check in. Uh, they're, they're just not that style of dog. Now I've got one that does like that, but it's not him, you know, uh, and those are the kind of dogs that I'm looking to, to produce, you know, uh, I want one that's, that's fairly easy to look at. I want him that, uh, where he's, where he's decent looking and will start quick and, and have a decent mouth. You know, that's a big thing now. Um, you know, back years ago, these cur dogs, man, I mean, if you, if they was treated in the bathroom, you couldn't hear them in the kitchen. A lot of them, not all. There again, you know, there'd be somebody say, oh, mine had a, had a huge mouth. A lot of them didn't have big mouths like they do now. That's and the right. fact of the matter is a, a lot of them's got hound in them now, which changes that, you know, and I mean, we all know those things. Mm -hmm. But 
but I I like one that comes on tree with a big locate. I think everybody does. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, but you you let's just let's be honest. You got to if you're go if you're hunting this style dog, he's got to have a good mouth. I mean, if he's gonna be yes. eight nine a thousand yards through there somewhere, you know, tree, you got to be able to get him treed in and 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 yes. hear him. And you know, yeah, you know, yes. if you got the little close hunting dog that goes the opposite way, you you know, you need something that you could get. You can hear. Yes. Well, you know, and the the whole competition, both the hounds and the and the squirrel dogs, it's changed so much. And you know, you've been around these high end dogs. They're used to when you went to a to a competition. If you went to the NKC World Hunt at Elnora, they might have a hundred dogs there, but there was going to be six or maybe eight that you knew had a big chance of winning. Now, when you roll into any of these hunts, every dog tied out there has got a good chance winning. That's right. Um, you've got to draw some luck, you know. Uh, you have to have some luck, especially in these hunts where you're hunting two and three rounds. You've got to have luck on your side because everybody's there. They haven't spent 500 1000 even 300 and $100. Uh, in, in entry fees, they haven't spent that money to come thinking they, they're packing a loser. No, I mean, Um, I told somebody the other day, I'm like, I'm not getting up on a Saturday, driving three hours, you know, four hours to a hunt. If I don't think I can win it, I'm just not going to do it. You know, I would rather take my, I got a pleasure female that, you know, she's 100, 200 yard dog and she will tree every squirrel in the woods. I'll go shoot squirrels before I do. If I'm like, man, I'm going I'm to get up. I'm going to go get beat today. But, I mean, honestly, I may pick and play about like that. But yeah. I'm really there to win every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, and I think it's like that with anybody that plays at that level. You know, there's a lot of people that, that start off and they just want to dabble in it. You know, and there's a spot for those people. I, and that that's great. You know, I, I know that everybody's not wanting to be thrown in there with that style dog. But if you're going to play at that level now, everybody's got those kind of dogs. Um, it's just, it's not like it was. Like I say, years ago, there would be three or four dogs. I can remember the first cur dogs that I ever seen that would stay split and were independent of each other. You know, I mean, that was just amazing, you know, because these dogs would break their necks to get to each other years ago to come back in. Um, they packed up and they would cover. Now, how how many casts have you been on where there was even two dogs on the same tree? It's not very likely. I mean, you know, like you said, the dogs that I don't see at the thirty dollar Saturday division. You know, we do a lot. Of, I, I do a lot of the NSD hunts here. I, I, I you know, I host a bunch of hunts, and uh, like I said, I mean, I don't see the the local $30 dogs anymore, you know, that are packing up. They, you know, nine times out of 10, if you make, you know, eight trees in an hour cast, you know, you've, crap, man, you've done some treeing, you know, but. Yes, yes. Well, and we've just built dogs that do it. Um, You know, I mean, you've got 90 minutes. They've got to hustle in there and get treed just as fast wherever. You know, they they got to get in there and get hooked someplace. And everybody's dogs on those casts are doing it. Um, and if you're going to play at that level, that's what you got to have to win. I'm not saying that a lot of that, that there's not some of these hunts that are won by by dogs that are a different style because there is. 
But the fact of the matter is when you get to these higher level hunts, they're at a, they're at a different time of the year, um, in a different location. It requires a dog that gets deep fast and gets treated and makes a lot of trees. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's what we breed for. Like it or not, those are the kind of dogs that we breed for. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, these trees that they're making, you know, they, you want, they need to have squirrels, too. You know, they need yes, to get yes, under a squirrel every, you know, as quick as yes, possible. Absolutely. You know, and I think you have to have somewhere in the middle is that dog that will take a gamble, but he's still going to tree you squirrels. You have to see a squirrel, but you've got to have a dog that, that's going to gamble enough that, you know, that will get treed under any conditions. Um, you know, I mean, you've hunted on days where, where you were making trees, and, and, I mean, it's just rough to see a squirrel on the outside. Now, they're making legitimate in trees, but that dog's going to have to do that same thing in a 90-minute cast to win that cast. Um, like I say, I mean, I, I want mine to, to – to tree as many squirrels as we can see on the outside like everybody else does. But I also want one that will gamble enough that, that he's going to, he's going to make a tree. Um, you know, when you say that people, people mistake that for a dog that, that, that's treeing too quick. That's not what I'm saying, but he does have to, he, he's got to get in there and get hooked somewhere under any conditions. You know, uh, how many casts do you ever see where there's not a tree made? Well, that doesn't happen anymore. They're going to make a tree. If it was, if it was a tornado out there, they're going to make trees. Yeah, you, know? you don't want no, I mean, I don't I don't want no dog. Like I said, well, this goes back to the same thing. I'm not getting up at, you know, three yes. hours to drive three hours on a Saturday morning to Absolutely. go to a hunt that, that you know, my dogs just go hunt the whole time and not get treated. That's just, that's not, I'm yes. not doing it. Yes. Well, and, and like I said, I think we have, the the hunts have have kind of transitioned to where you have to have that style dog you know um now i mean if you're standing there for three minutes or five minutes and there's not a dog hook somewhere everybody's looking at each other like wow what's going on uh, <laughs> yeah, we're like here. man it's today moving today you know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely but you know years ago when you had these dogs, I can remember walking on cast that, I mean, a lot of those dogs would check in and follow right along with you, you know? Uh, and sometimes those little dogs would slip out there and tree a squirrel, you know, and do what they and were supposed you. to do. And beat and you. And beat you. Yes. And <laughs> beat you walk you. one and see that's man, that gets under my skin. Ooh, I can't stand <laughs> to walk a dog over a squirrel. Cannot stand it. Well, now I'll tell you, for me, I'm not, uh, I'm not interested at all in one that doesn't go hunting. It's got to get in there and get, and I'll come to you wherever you get treated at. Uh, they don't have to worry about that. I don't care how deep it is. I'll get to you, but I don't want you underneath my feet. I'm not, I'm not walking along like that. Uh, and I think that comes back from the, from the coon hunting side of things. You know, uh, we, we cast, uh, we cast hunt a lot of dogs and I do that now with these squirrel dogs. I pull up there and, and cut a dog in there. He doesn't need to come back to me. He needs to go through there and get treated somewhere, and I'll go find him, and I don't care what the conditions are, you know. Uh, but for a lot of people, that's not what they're interested in, you know. Um, I hunt by myself probably 95% of the time, because uh, quite honestly, there's nobody wants to, unless you come from that competition side, most people don't want to hunt a dog like that, you know. Um, now, I've got another dog here that uh, 
she's a real nice dog, got a big motor, uh, but she's a she's squirrel dog. She's got more eyes on her. Uh, you know, she's she does timber a little bit. Uh, she when she trees, you're going to see her squirrels a high high majority of the time. And she's still got a big set of running gears, but there's a big difference in her and like the Boone dog. You know, Boone will he will take it. He's going to gamble and get and and make a tree there. Uh, but he's going to have a high majority of the squirrels when you walk in there to him and jerk a vine. He's going to have a lot of squirrels on the outside. You're going to kill. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're not going to walk to him and think, man, that, you know, we just never seen no squirrels on the outside. I won't feed one like that. Um, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people have a. Uh, it's a gray area for them. You know, I mean, they, they, they think, well, if you got a competition dog, he can't tree any squirrels on the outside. Well, that's not true. Uh, you know, they're just, a, it's a different style of dog. Uh, they're not what I would call, you know, I guess they're, they're not what you'd call a pleasure dog. You know, they're more of a competition style dog, but everybody's hunting them now. now that's mm-hmm. what you're going to, that's what you're going to draw. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that is, that's no joke. I mean, you got a dog, you just think, you know, and, and I own two, two of the, you know, the both style dogs. And I cannot mm-hmm. see myself, I mean, I don't want to say shortchange any organization, but I could go to like the, just say a local, you know, my little pleasure female would do nice because she's, you know, she's not going to leave any trees. She'd be mm-hmm. fine to go to just to some, you know, some straight cur hunts or some, you know, yeah. some NKC stuff. But, She's not gonna um she's not gonna fare well, I don't think, in the in the NSDs or the USDCs just because something's go get out of you know, something's go get in there deep and we go burn a lot of time up getting to yes. their dog and yes. I'm not go yeah. you know, so you know how it works. Yeah. Well, I've got uh I got another female that I call Witch that did she just turned two years old. She's out of demon and then out of a woody and a female. Um, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's the one I'm speaking of, uh, you know, really there again, uh, that dog started off quick and has never looked back. Uh, but she's got a lot more eye, um, probably more eye than I would like for one to have, but she uses it and uses it well. Uh, you could still fare pretty well in a, in a, in a big hunt with her. She has no trouble getting in there and getting hooked and staying. You know, a lot of times I, I hunt by myself most of the time. So I, I take a dog and drop one. Um, when that dog gets treated, I get as close as I can to it and I cut another dog behind it. They go in there and they get treated and however long it takes me to get to them, it takes me. Uh, so they're pretty used to staying treated for extended periods of time. Now, naturally, if it's a hundred degrees, I don't try to do that, but, um, you know, we, we don't have any trouble leaving them treat for a long time, but the, the big difference in her is she is a, she's a squirrel dog, you know, um, she's going to get hooked and have your squirrel on the outside. If you want to go go knock out a bunch of squirrels and have a ball she's a good one to do it that's uh, the dog you're taking if you're going on a and, kill hunt and got a big motor yes yes um you know uh like i say boone's gonna have a boone's gonna have a ton of them on the outside but she is she's the one to take if you if, if you want to go fill your game best up or, or take or take the kid you know she handles a little better um you know she just doesn't leave the boone does not come back she will check back in you know, she's going to circle back in. She's going to make a big circle, but she will check back in with you. Uh, you, you find him somewhere through the country, you know, that's just the way you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I, you know, my son, that's, you know, part of the reason that 
he don't go to a lot of the com- and he will, but a lot of the competitions he you know it used to get before my old tank dog died. He would be like, "Daddy, who you hunting today?" You know, and I'd be like, "We going with tank." He's like, "I'm staying home." Yes, you know. Yeah. But if we going yeah. killing, he's a, you know beats me to the truck. Got every dog. He got the dogs loaded. You know, stuff like that. But it's just something about and I didn't I, and I and I ruined him. You know, he's 13 now, but I ruined him by cutting that dog three or four or five times a week yeah. and not letting him shoot no squirrels to him. Absolutely. You know, every everybody wants to kill squirrels you know especially if you're if you're a kid uh man if they wouldn't let me ship shook something out i don't think i would like it near as much as a little feller but that's uh, exactly what he says he's like man you'll never let me shoot no and i'm like well crap baby we don't want you know i'm lucky to let him you know i'm lucky to get after work lucky to let him you know make one two trees and Yes. You know, these well, woods you know, that I get to practice in, you know, I, I don't want to shoot all the squirrels out. But yes. it's hard for him I'm, to understand that, and, and I get it. Absolutely. I'm I'm real lucky in the fact that where I live, squirrels migrate in and out of here. I mean, there'll be years we have just gobs of them, and then there's years that they're thin. But when they're here, we can, we can road hunt a lot, which puts a dog hunting closer to you. You can manage that dog. Um, you know, and you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, if you, if you road hunt one, they'll never get where they hunt deep. Well, if they're not sharp enough, they can figure out the difference between the two. They can't stay here very long. These dogs, <laughs> you can, you can road hunt them or when you pull over and stop and cut them down and holler, they're going to get deep as they need to. Um, so a lot of times if I'm going to take somebody and go kill squirrels, we dump a dog out in front of that truck and we road hunt them and it just makes it a lot easier to, to get to them. Um, you know, and if you got a one that's good at it, man, they'll sickle down the road. You can you can hunt six, eight, ten miles pretty fast, cover a lot of country. Uh, and take a take a kid, he can jump out there and just go to blazing at them. You know, and kill you kill you a pile of squirrels, have a good time. You know, that's that's a lot better than walking around. I know what what you're talking about. You get in there 400 yards and you cut him again because you want to practice your recutting. That's you know? right. That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, we set them we set those garments and it's a long time before we get back to the truck uh it's big country here that's right uh, you and you can re- and you're working you can your dogs. A dog a bunch yeah absolutely you know you're working your dogs for the saturday or i was you know or thought i was and but anyway i i learned to uh do things different if i'm old work my competition dog i'll say hey we'll, we'll you know i'll carry carry her let him shoot a couple, and then I'll cut him at the end of the day, or I'll cut him first and and cut her across the road or something, and then I'll go to him, and he can go to the, you know, go yes. to shooting squirrels. Yes. But uh, but well, you know, I can remember as a kid, you know, we always hunted those competition style dogs, and boy, I'd go in there deep to get to a dog, um, pull him off a tree and come back, and 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 I liked it, you know, but I could see now there's a lot of kids that would not like that you know um i just grew up around it and it was just the natural part of the way things work but i've had a few people that come and, and go with me even as adults and you know if you're if you're road hunting knocking a lot of squirrels out that keeps everybody's interest because it's action-packed but well when you go to try to get them dogs ready for a hunt that's a different deal you got to be cut from a from a different cloth to to be <laughs> to be wanting to cut that dog again after you walked in there nine tenths of a mile that ain't uh, no doubt 
that ain't no doubt you got to be you got to want it and that's what i tell people you absolutely know, you got to want it you got to want to do what we do day in day out you know if you're gonna have a good dog you got to hunt him and and like right now you know i'm not hunting one right now i'm just not but i mean i i don't have anywhere to be you know for a few months yes. but uh well like i say here in our part of the country we kill most of our squirrels from our season started the last week of may i'll kill a lot of squirrels between now and when the leaves come on uh it's it's a lot different than what people think it's it's fairly short timber now it's all hardwood timber but it's fairly short so when you walk up in there you can jerk a vine you'll find a lot of squirrels on the outside you pull a vine or shoot up in there and they come rolling out and you gotta you gotta bust them as they leave out but um, you know, we kill a lot of squirrels here, and a lot of people in different parts of the country say, I just don't know how you kill them like that. Well, they're, it's a little easier because the timber's not tall. Um, you know, a lot of people, when you say Missouri, they think that you're in the agriculture part where you got great big great big trees. We don't have that. You know, it's it's not nothing like that. So we can hunt them, and, and, I, and I've gotten used to hunting these dogs in the heat. They've gotten used to it. Um, I make sure that... Uh, you know, I get them to water and the dogs don't overheat. And actually, once they get acclimated to it, they take it pretty good. Um, some lines are better than others, but uh, the ones that I got now, they take the, they take the heat pretty good. Now, you still got to use good common sense, but um, I mean, I sure don't want to dump a, a seven-month-old puppy that's just good and started and hunt its guts out. You know, I try to I try to hunt them early early in the morning, let them make, make one tree when it's good and cool. And When the game's when there. Yes, yes. And, and one thing about these pups, I try to quit them pups on a good note, you know. Um, and so many times, I, I'm the world's worst for, for thinking, man, I want to make one more tree. You did so good there. Let's make one more, see if we can make two. Well, sometimes you gotta got to back up and let, them, and let them be pups and mature and, 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 and just hold them up. It's hard to do, especially for me. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I get it. You gotta pick your times. Uh, yeah, especially but, if one's doing good, you kind of. I mean, you'll get caught up in. Oh man, I'm fixing to cut him again. You know, when you absolutely. really, absolutely, when you yes. really need to just yep. probably go on the end and go on home. But man, it's tough. That's it. That's it. I got a female here now. That's uh, she's just turned 12 months old out of Boone, out of his first litter. Um, she's 12 months old. I probably killed. 40 squirrels to her. I don't know. I'd have to go back in the journal and see exactly how many she's had, but I probably killed 40 to her. Um, and, and it's really hard for me not to overhunt that dog. Oh, no uh, doubt. Because you're watching them progress. You know? What is she now? Uh, what'd you say she was on the bottom? She's out of, she's out of Boone on, on the top. Boone's her daddy. And then she's out of a, she's out of a daughter off of Cecil. Okay. Um, okay. She's out of a, she's a Cecil grand pup. Uh, so she's double bow bred what she is. Chris. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. What is them like puppies? I say, what is them puppies that Brandon, a buddy of mine, got that he he got? That, that is the same cross, only it's a it's the second cross. Ah. They'll be a, they'll be full brothers and sisters to I call her Saywin, the the little little jip I got. Um, they'll be full brothers and sisters of those dogs. Uh, that nice. actually the first. The first litter we had, that dog had nine puppies, and we only were able to keep two. Uh, I've got one, and my father's got one, and they both are, are nice young dogs. But we were only able to keep two. Um, and it ended up that a friend of mine bought that female. Um, he was able to buy her. Buster Hardy was the guy that owned her, and he was able to buy her from Buster. And she came in heat, and he, he sent her back here, and we bred her. Well, this time she had nine puppies. 
Nice. Uh, she had she had nine puppies, and they were able to keep every one of them. And that's what Brandon has got. Uh, he's got a pup out of it. There's a, another boy in Mississippi that's got a pup, Dalton Mears. Right. He's got a pup out of. Um, there was a couple, two or three of those puppies. Went there was a sharp-looking joker, solid red, maybe had some white points on his leg, feet. Yes. Holy yes. moly, yep. that thing was sharp. Yep. Yeah, we kept we kept her. Yeah, she's a she's a sharp little pup. Um, you know, and and I guess everybody's different. Uh, I like one that looks good. You know, I mean, you'll see a lot of my pictures where I got a dog standing up on the bench. I come from that generation where I I want one to stand up there, and it's just as easy to feed a pretty one as it is an ugly one. <laughs> so when I hunted dogs for uh, Mr. Doug Nestor, he hunt I hunted English dogs for him, the trailer hounds, uh-huh. and. Uh-huh. And that's exact. I mean, he was a big. I mean, trailer. You know, two, three. All of them were, you know, grand grand show and you know yeah. grand night. You know, yeah. they he he yeah. took pride in, you know, ca- having cat footed dogs and just pretty Absolutely. you know pretty English yes. dogs. So, but yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like one that's easy on the eyes, and that litter is, uh, uh, like I say, the that's a second time cross. So we're really really hoping that those dogs do as good as the as the first litter did um this this say wind female i got a video of her uh that dog split treed from the witch female now that was that perfect situation you know sometimes everything just falls into place for a young dog that dog split treed away from her at like four and a half five months old stayed did like she was supposed to i was able to get to her get her tied up everything fell in fell in the right place you know um but you got to have one to start off with to do that. You know, you got to have one that, that starts that quick. And there again, like I said earlier, I want one that's that's treeing up fast. Uh, I I can't. I, my patience is not very good with one that's not. You know. Um, oh yeah, I get and, it. <laughs> and I and I like I like the honey young dog that's coming on. Like I say, this one is is it we as we transition into fall and it starts to get cooler, I'll I'll start to pour it on her. Right now we're we're uh, we're letting her make a tree or two, do what she's supposed to do, do it good, and then she goes back in the box and gets to think about it till the next time. Um, I'm really trying to set her up for success, um, and I do all of them like that. You know, you try to you try to make it as successful as you can, uh, and it and it it's, it's worked out pretty good here because we've had a few squirrels. You know, we don't have a ton right now, but we've got enough that uh, I can take and make several trees a day. Uh, Pick a pick the best time, drop a young dog down, and you can get it on the squirrel too pretty quick. That's right, uh, and that's what you're after. You know, you don't want to dang sure don't want to cut them, and where they, you know, you just you want them to be successful every time. You know, try to be. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, there again, I mean, it goes back to just like we was talking about before. A, a kid playing any kind of sports, man, if they if they step up there, they they don't never get to hit that ball. It's not going to take very long, and they've lost confidence. Um, I, I know for me with these dogs, I try to separate them, keep them by themselves. I want that dog to think that it's the only thing out there that, that can tree that squirrel, you know, so it's, it's confidence level goes up. Uh, a lot of people hunt a lot of young dogs together with other dogs. I don't myself, I'm not saying that there's their methods wrong and mine's right. But for me, I want that dog, his confidence level so much higher. If you can knock that squirrel or coon out to him by himself. You know, um, let him figure that thing out, and man, you, you the benefits of it I think are a lot more uh, by themselves. 
Uh, that, that's just my style. You know, I guess everybody does a little different, but I want that dude by himself. And this female's probably had, like I say, she's, she's in the neighborhood of 40 to 50 squirrels that she's had knocked out to her. So that's, that's pretty decent at oh. that age. Oh yeah, that's handy. That's handy. Well, yes. what do you, what you got? Oh, we've been going on an hour and a half almost. What you got going that you think you know is, is that what you go be trying to hunt pretty much, or you go go to any hunts or anything like that with it? Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try to take Boone to some to some hunts this year. Um, it just didn't work out last year where we we could ever put everything together for just a, a, a whole bunch of reasons. Things just didn't work out where we could get him where we needed him to be. But yeah, I think we're going to try to pack him to some hunts. Um, and, and I think that uh, if we can draw a little bit of luck, I think he'll do his part. Um, I got a, I, I got, I got some confidence in him. Uh, like I said, he's pretty consistent. Um, is he the best dog I believe I've ever handled? I, I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, you heard me talk about several dogs, and there's there's just a few of them that I think are are those are those top end dogs. Now, he's a nice dog. <laughs> That's right. Well, and uh, and he's made it three years there with you, so <laughs> he's made it. That's it. That's it. You know, uh, I think I'm 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 my my dog's biggest critic myself, but uh, I've had him in a couple casts. He's won a couple state hunts um, and done a good job. Um, he won a couple casts when he was like 11 or 12 months old, uh, and done like he was supposed to, but you know, until you haul them to the big show, you know, there's a, there's a huge difference there. Um, you know, we're trying to set him up in those situations where we try to cover all the bases. Uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of good dogs out there. Um, I think he's got the capabilities though. And yeah, we're sure going to go. Um, and, and actually the witch female too, like I say, the, the female out of demon in the in the Woody Anacross. That dog's she's plenty capable of competing. Um, I, I I really I lucked out when when I came back in at this time I was able to come across two nice young dogs that uh, that that did their part. That's that's for sure. Um, but we're sure going to try to try to make it to a few hunts. Um, you know I don't know when I was younger man I I, I pushed and went to all the hunts that I could. I want to make a few hunts. But at this point, I, I'd like to kind of try to try to breed a few dogs and, and keep the kind of dog that it's going to take to win. You know, have one that uh, that's, that's ready to go in the fall that somebody can buy and go right on with. I really enjoy making a young dog. Um, and when they get to the point that they're, they're ready to go, I'm kind of about where I'm ready to start something else. You know? Yeah, no um, doubt. I mean, you, you know, want to like, move it and start again. Yeah. Yes, I like starting a young dog. I really enjoy that. Um, so for me, that's where it's at, you know. And if I got one that's ready to go to the hunts, like Boone is, we'll we're gonna make a few, um, and see and see where we where the chips fall. You know, I like I say, if we catch some luck, I think we can. I think we can cash a check or two. Well, I feel like uh, he's a big pretty joker. Um, I think he's. Uh, I think you'll you'll do just fine with him, for sure. Yeah. Especially in you know these full elimination hunts you know all all you got to do is get past your your other two dogs so yes yes yeah well you know like i say i i think uh you know you got to have that that stroke of luck you know and then and then put these cast wins together but he's consistent enough that uh you know and i've dropped him down with some with some pretty nice dogs and he can hold his own so we'll we'll see <laughs> you know that's a that's a long 90 minutes when you're when you're there <laughs> well and it, it is but i mean you'll be fine you know you're not like like i said you're not gonna 
you're not going to go if you don't think you can win. So no, 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 absolutely not. You know, and uh, I think the the big difference is now, you know, when you I've been at it for quite a long time, you know, um, and, and I think when I, I think I know now more than ever when I've got one ready, you know, um, you know, I think when you're when you're younger, I probably push a little harder, probably put them in spots where they they weren't quite ready for, you know, um, and Boone is he's not quite three years old yet. So he's he's just getting into prime in prime time for this. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes, how it turns out. That's right. Well, I feel like you'll be you'll be just fine. What uh, well, you got anything else you wanting to talk about? We now's your time to shine. <laughs> I I sure don't. Uh, you know, Chris, man, I I tell you, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to to get on here. You know, I mean, uh, it's a it's a big honor. You know, a guy don't uh, don't think nothing about this stuff uh, till you you go to listen to these podcasts i think these things are the best thing these are these are really good because you get to hear people talk that you've read about or you've seen or you watch on facebook there's a whole lot to these podcasts a lot of good information that's Uh, right and that's what we tell you know some of these old timers you know that that you know that turn us down i mean because they do boy i mean yesterday was rough i mean one of our guys miles he he called like or he messaged like 10 people and they all told him no you got to think about it you know these things are are archived they're they're here forever they you know your grand great grandkids can go back and listen to this you know in in 30 years that's the that's the beauty of this you know and and i know several people that are older dog men that i would love to see get on but they 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 won't they don't want to do that but when they pass all that's going to be gone um you know and like you say absolutely years from now i hope that my grandchildren have enough interest in this that they want to hear that you know um you know i think that it it goes back to these cell phones how many good quality videos do we have of our dogs now i got tons tons and tons of videos but i don't have anything from dogs that i had from from years gone by you know i would love to have videos of the old hope dog but Mm -hmm. we don't have those things because the technology wasn't like that now it is now uh you know and there's just there's so many really really good dog men you know i listen to a lot of these podcasts and you'll hear guys and and think wow that is i'm 47 years old and i'm still learning something from a lot of different people uh this these dogs are changing we're changing the way that we train changes you know and for the good or the for the better or for the worse it changes uh you know and when you get to talk to these guys that have that have been successful over long periods of time and there's a there's a lot of knowledge right there um they're they don't just luck into that all the time no you know uh i think i think luck is luck is made uh you know a a lot of times uh, they they make their own success and their own luck now they've they've got to have the right dogs to do it but these guys that consistently are winning at a high high level they've they've got something going going right um they they got a plan i'll guarantee you that (laughs) that ain't no doubt that ain't no doubt they've done it and you know they they got a good thing they know what they're doing yes absolutely and like i say i mean uh, i i listen to them and and try to pick up something i can from every one of them uh 
because these guys just because you do something one way doesn't mean that it's right or wrong um all these dogs are different man they they don't there doesn't one react the same the way that i broke one 10 years ago may not work with this same dog even in a family of dogs litter mates what what makes one react won't make the other react um you know and you gotta you gotta try to figure out uh what to do to make that all work for it all to all to come in for it all to come in there and, and do like it's supposed to you know and, and have that that final end result um that's, right. that's that's what i'm looking for you know i want that early starting one that uh that that can take that pressure and you can go on and, and start trying to trying to build a winner with that's right well i think that uh i think you're on to something there so uh we hope so <laughs> <laughs> well i sure you know i sure appreciate you giving me the opportunity and you know here at the uh hunting dog public we we show sure appreciate you mr john well i'll tell you what like i say i'm honored um to be a, a part of the the group of people that gets that gets recognized you know i mean uh I've been in this for a long time, and there's some of these guys that are that, that you idolize, you know. Um, so I mean, to, to get to be part of that, yeah, I'm honored. To, uh, you know, and it, on my end, you guys ever get to Missouri and stop by, we'll we'll try to put you on a good hunt. That's uh, right, that's yeah. right. Well, we show sure may we may end up holding you to that, but I sure appreciate you. And hey, man, I sure appreciate it. Like I say, I'm honored. Uh, you let me know if there's ever anything I can do for y'all. All right, brother, I appreciate you. Have a good evening, man. You too, buddy. See you. Bye-bye.